This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Time to connect with Elma Pollard, uh, Executive Director of The Green Times, Eco Consultant and Coach. A very warm good morning. I thought I'll give you a warm greeting, Elma, on a cold morning. Hope you're well. Good morning. Yes, no, I'm well. I'm sorry I'm a little bit late. My cats walked on my laptop and the whole thing went black. And I... <laughs> That's what they do. They switch me off every now and then, sometimes at critical moments. <laughs> and you can't tell a cat anything, Alma. They're in charge, after all. No, absolutely. This is their place. So I, I just have to scramble and resort to my phone instead of my laptop. <laughs> uh, it's good to have you connected. Alma, we're a day after uh, Mandela Day and many involved in their 67 minutes of something or other and more, of course. Uh, and uh, you shared a video with me. Um, I, I'd love to find out what you were up to uh, yesterday. It looked like you were out in a chilly spot doing some good work. <laughs> yes, well, it's, it, it was not really my initiative. It's the Helderberg Ocean Awareness Movement uh-huh. um, under the leadership of Lisa Starr. Um, that have, they organize the beach cleanup. They do it every year. And so basically uh, we were working around the marine protected area, which is also relevant to my discussion this morning, Um Picking up rubbish, I think she said about 600 kilograms of waste. Goodness. Um, really enormous, the amount of stuff. And a lot of it you can't even see to, to the eye. Off of it is 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 buried under the sand. Mm. And, you know, that type of waste um, is so dirty and so um, shredded that it actually can't even go into recycling. So it is really bad what happens. So, of course, it's around where the Lawrence River get, flows into Strand Beach. Mm. Um, and so, of course, the the river brings down a lot of waste. That's why there's so much around the waste. And we know that that comes from higher up and that comes from people throwing stuff down and stormwater washing it down to the rivers. Of course, people living on the rivers and things mm. like that. So it, yeah, it was a good, it was a good thing to do for my day by day. <laughs> yeah, indeed. And just on that, because it's something many people uh, would happily complain walking on the beach and seeing that it's untidy. Many people also prepare to get their hands dirty and do something. How do you actually solve this? I mean, is it better education higher up the river? Uh, is it just about educating people? You can recycle, don't litter. I mean, how do you really deal with that sort of a thing? Yeah, I always think one should go to the source of of a matter. You know, why do these things end up in the river in the first place? And how does that happen? Mm. Of course, you know, there are sort of, you know, people living without proper waste management systems. I mean, those who maybe sleep on the river or in the bush, Mm. uh, you know, even if you put rubbish bins there, it doesn't always help. But they aren't really normally proper waste management systems there because now people aren't supposed to live there and so on. So that that plays a role. But remember that whatever gets chucked in the street gets washed down via the stormwater drain. Mm. So that is the thing is we use a river as our sewage system as well. Mm. So it actually comes from high up. If anybody chucks a piece of paper out of the window and I see that still happening, it will end up down there it will get down to the river and and into the ocean. Mm. So that's very sad. Of course, it's all about education all the time. I mean, you know that I hoot at cars who do that. I'm sure you do. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I don't suffer from road rage whatsoever. But if I see that, I just, you know, I think one must open your mouth. 
Yeah, uh, Alma, and, and we're talking about beaches and we're talking about marine protected areas, as you've mentioned, and that brings to light this story that's on the Green Times about a study that is addressing the need for shark and ray protection. Tell us more about that. Yeah, I think that's very exciting because um, the fact is that shark and rays are of the most endangered species on the planet. And you can imagine why that is due to overfishing, mostly. But the other nice piece of news that is important, that is positive, is that South Africa is a global hotspot for shark and ray diversity. So here we are in a good position to do something about it. Sharks and rays, so this study that was launched um, is called the Systemic Conservation Plan Identifying Critical Areas for Improved Chondrichtian. That's what sharks and rays are called, chondrichtian mm. uh, protection in South Africa. So there's a new word for us today. <laughs> and so what they've done is they've launched a study. They started off with a shark and ray protection project in 2019 already. And so they've produced 87 distribution maps um, that shows where the sharks and rays are in South Africa. Um, this is incorporated into South Africa's critical biodiversity area map, which then represents the sharks and rays. Um, this this was a collaboration that facilitated the collection of data from fisheries, from boat sightings, um, baited remote underwater video, acoustic, acoustic telemetry, etc. And then this was validated with experts in the field. And so sometimes it's difficult to, uh, when their warm currents can result in species going far out of normal um, normal range, etc. But this is a very important study that, that looks at our marine protected areas and how we basically need to simply double our marine protected areas. We uh, we we have 4.5 percent of our ocean under marine protection, mm. and we need to have 10 percent. If we have 10 percent, then we can we can have 30 percent range protection of sharks and rays, which will then protect them for the planet essentially. And in some areas, we could even have 60 percent protection of the of the habitat simply by doubling our marine protected areas. We currently have 41 marine protected areas, and so we need at least 82 of them. How does a marine protected area work? I know you've mentioned there's one close to where you were yesterday. Uh, how is that protected area? How is it managed or manned, or, or what's the purpose of a marine protected area? Well, it's it's basically a place, an area where you may not fish and you may not take anything out of the ocean. And it, it, it just means man can't get in there uh-huh. and, and and take advantage of, of, of any species. So everything is then allowed to thrive and proliferate in those areas. So it basically keeps them safe mm. and, and species can recover. And there are many of these worldwide. And this is something that I've been promoting for a very long time because, you know, as you know, the ocean is the last outback and people do whatever they like there. Yeah. Um, South Africa is very serious about marine protection, but it seems that we need to, if we want to play an important role and protect the sharks and rays, um, who are imperiled also because they 
they um, there are a couple of reasons why it's difficult to for them to proliferate, and that is because they grow slowly, mm. they mature late, and their reproduction rates are low. So these are precious, vulnerable species where we have an opportunity to make a difference to the world and look after them. We have a responsibility and we need to do something. And often we don't do something because we don't know. And now you know, and there's a whole lot more to this story. And you can find it on thegreentimes.co.za. It's called The Study Addressing the Need for Shark and Ray Protection. Have a work through that. Some beautiful photography, as always, on The Green Times. Alma, uh, just before we greet you, you're always up to something. Anything else interesting on your radars? I know you've been working on the green belt there in your area, and then it's frogs as well. We're very excited by what you do. You're such a thought leader for us, and so we're always curious as to what you're up to. Anything interesting or new? Well, we had a meeting with the city this week about the part of Flay um, wetland, which we, want to, which we want to protect also. It's a very, very high bird-watching area, incredible um array of birds there we're getting all of this track now to make sure what is all there and then we want to try and motivate mm. <laughs> the city to rezone that as a protected area so that is um it's the next mission we are on well thanks for sharing alma and thank you so much for the green times we'll connect again next week have yourself a beautiful green day thank you bless you bye <laughs> This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.